Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot, Season 2, Episode 6, Football Played on Paper Podcast, and we are a cup three-quarters full. Um, Halsey's gone down, I presume coronavirus, there's no other another way to say that. Um, and uh, Jobber's here, how are you, mate? You're so excited, your head almost fell off on that intro. Yeah, I know, um, you boys were pushing hard for me to have two weeks off after I've had such a hard season, but I said, no, I want to be back into training, I want to be back at the coalface. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that Pedri attitude. Yeah, Pedri-esque. I've aged like him too. <laughs> um, you Barney, never look good. Barney, you're still holding on to the dream of keeping Harry Kane though. Yeah, holding on with uh, it's losing grip very fast. But uh, yeah, just excited to see the Premier League back and hopefully see Harry put three past his, his new team this weekend. Barney, quick one before we start. Is your spot on the pod as comfortable as Harry's spot at Spurs? Who's gone first? Yeah, who's gone first? <laughs> Because Harry got, will see got, Harry might see out the weekend. Yeah, but I've got legitimate <laughs> offers to other pods. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Whereas Harry's that? just it's it's all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we got we got a stacked show. Um, obviously, match day one coming up. A um, couple of weekly happenings, but they've been trimmed to fit in some actual football matches. Obviously, we've got transfer news. Then we're into the preview. Throwback FC. This is Jobber tells me it's his best one ever. Um, in the the running order meeting. Um, and then we've got a multi, and I think we've got a guest multi. So anyone that's been following the pod last season, um, we were a little bit hot, um, and then we are basically freezing cold for um, six months of um, multis. <laughs> so um, yeah, hopefully we can get a multi off the ground. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Barney, weekly happenings. All righty. And uh, we are, we've already mentioned his name once, but we'll talk about him again, and that is Pedri from Spain. He refuses to take holidays. The man just will not rest. So he's just... <laughs> He's just had played about 60 games for, for Barca over a season, went straight into the Euros with Spain, played every game, uh, went all the way to the semis, then played in the Olympics with Spain, went all the way to the final, lost. Uh, so also has played about, he played 74, three, 74 games, didn't win a title or a tournament. Um, so good by him. And now he's gone straight back into Barca training because uh, – Apparently, they didn't want him to go to the Olympics. He wanted to go. And so, this is how he's repaying him by coming straight back into training. And he also looks like he's not even sleeping at the moment. He's just out in the Barney, field training. Do you feel like he rushed back because he was worried they were going to deregister him? I think, yeah. <laughs> I think they said, if you don't get back in the country in three days, we can't register you, mate. You've Agu- got to come back. Aguero's got himself off the operating table after the double knee surgery <laughs> to get registered. Maybe that's what Barcelona were doing. The, the, whoever's in first gets registered. They've got like 15 shirts they can give out and they're like first in best dressed. So Pedro is on so, the fastest jet back. Just on that quickly, I know we've got an action-packed show, but Memphis Depay and um, someone else can't play this weekend. Emerson, not is it Emerson, their new guy? I think uh, it's not one out. Oh, Eric Garcia. Sorry, can't play Garcia. this weekend against Sociedad. So if you want a red hot tip, jump on Sociedad. Yeah, well, even if Aguero wasn't injured, he still couldn't play anyway. I'd limp his way out there. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So uh, next one we've got is a tournament that happened uh, midweek and Chelsea were the winners. They won the um, UEFA Super Cup, big, big tournament for the year. And uh, Tuchel's come out at the end because there was a bit of an odd move in the, in, the, um, in the game. It was almost the reverse Kepa where Kepa was subbed on for the penalty shootout this time. He didn't refuse to come off. He was subbed on instead for Mendy. Um, a bit of contention. I mean, Chelsea won and he had a great shootout. Um, and then Tuchel came out after the game and said, uh, was talking about, they just basically made the decision on stats. And I think uh, Willie Caballero was the best penalty stop stopper in the in the team. Then he's left and Kepa was next best. So now he's the penalty shootout specialist. What do we think about this move? Well, thank God Tommy listens to the pod and listens to my insights about the uh, data analytics in penalty shootouts coming from the, um, what was the England... England, Italy, wasn't it, in the final where I mentioned the the penalties yeah. and about yeah. they should be using data to do some of those. So, yeah, I heard um, Tommy Tooks um, talk about this and he said they had 
over a thousand penalties of data on each goalkeeper. And as you say, Barn, the um, the best goalkeeper and more likely one to save a penalty was Kepa. So Kepa got subbed on. And then they, they both did an interview at the end. Did you see that? Where both keepers were... Together? Yeah, both keepers oh, were in the okay. interview. And, and Mendy seemed happy with it, I suppose, probably because he knows he's going to play. And um, there aren't a lot of penalty shootouts inside the a league game. But yeah, no, interesting. I think, it's, I think we're going to see more and more of this data come through. Mendy was buzzing, wasn't he, at the end of the game? That was nice to see. Well, they all were. I t- Tammy yeah. Abraham was doing a lot of dancing inside the change rooms, and I'm like, well, he's dancing his way out. I don't know. Tammy Abraham, <laughs> really? Yeah, um, he was absolutely loving it. So, boys, a couple of quick stats on the Super Cup. I was really excited. I actually loved this game because um, they both really came out to play. You sound like um, Patrice Evra. I love yeah, this I was, game. I was so happy because um, <laughs> I thought Villarreal were excellent. First 20 minutes, Chelsea dominated. But um, Gerard Moreno's goal made him the club record goal scorer. I saw that. That's unreal already. Yep. And it was a great goal too. Stunning. Um, just three of 47 Super Cups have gone to penalties with Chelsea being involved in all three. Oh, jeez. They love a shootout. Chelsea yeah. boss Tommy Tuchel never lost against Spanish opposition in his managerial career, winning four and drawing five of his nine games. We'll see if that continues um, as they move into the Champions League. But, um, Job, are you surprised that no one's come in for um, Moreno then? Very. Very, yeah. like they finished they finished seventh last year and they were like workmanlike, but Emery's doing a good job on a very limited budget. I don't know like what you know about the actual stadium, but it's tiny. The town is tiny. The town, isn't yeah. the stadium almost bigger than the town's population yeah. or something like that? Yeah, yeah, so and he's doing an excellent job there and I thought they were really good. Um, I thought someone would come in for him, but like I suppose the austerity that we're seeing puts him in that bracket where it's like it's just not happening for him. But doing a yeah. great job, Varel. Yeah, I think uh, maybe it's just something with the uh, club and the culture at the club. Maybe he's really enjoying it and they're going places. All righty. Um, staying with La Liga, and uh, one point more to bring up is that La Liga is going to shit. <laughs> it is all <laughs> popping off in La Liga at the moment. I mean, we, we've we touched on it many times. I mean, Messi just left Barcelona for nothing. Uh, Barcelona are in shambles. There's five clubs, I believe, at the moment. Uh, Barcelona, Valencia, Levante, Real Betis, and Alaves, all, oh, and Celta Vigo, have not uh, registered any of their new signings so far because of this these wage issues they're having. And to top it all off, friend of the pod and big friend of Jobber, Florentino Perez, mm. has uh, Real Madrid are taking legal action against Tebas, <laughs> the league boss, because of this new CVC investment deal. Um, um, Shono, what do, what, do, what do we think of this? The uh, the thing I like about it is I read the Real Madrid statement on this. It's short and sweet, but it basically says that they're um, taking civil action and um, they've, they want to take criminal action against him as well. So they're basically <laughs> just throwing every, as many lawsuits as they can at La Liga and, and the boss. Um, and, I mean, it's just not a good look. Like, even for... La Liga um, and Real Madrid, you want to get behind closed doors and, and sort that out, I, I would imagine. But it doesn't make a lot of sense that La Liga are signing deals um, and not involving like essentially the biggest or the second biggest um, stakeholder over there. So, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole thing just seems a, a shambles at the moment, doesn't it? Sean, sure. do you remember when we used to play football together and you used to run around saying, oh, I'm bigger than the club or I'm bigger than the game? <laughs> There's a, there's, like a bit of, there's, yeah, there's a there's a bit of this going on, isn't there, in the league with their like Real Madrid being like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to sue the league and then we're going to sue you as well, Tebas. Yeah. Sean, sure, I used to jam those in between two footers, though. Okay, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shin pads on, boys. Since we're doing throwbacks, I remember um, a goalkeeper wouldn't roll it out to Jobber one time and he turned around and yelled at the goalkeeper, you'll never play for this club again now next time roll it out to me. He yeah, was 15 no. as well, wasn't he? <laughs> the keeper, yeah. And yeah. he's now happily retired. Um, <laughs> so, no, look, it's, it's insane what's going on out there and they can't they can't get it together. The league's in shells. My understanding is they had a chance to opt out but didn't. But now they're like, actually, we want to do something different because Real Madrid and Barcelona just – I think they think they're bigger than the league and they probably are. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, and apparently because that was when uh, the CVC deal went through and then uh, Laporta came out and was like – Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't know about this. We didn't agree to any of this. Um, then, like the next day, Tebas put out a tweet saying that like I had dinner with Laporta on the fourteenth. We talked about uh, Messi and how he was really confident in re-signing him, and they got the deal across, and it was all good. Uh, and he was and I gave him the documents 
for the CVC deal then over that dinner and he ended it with hashtag the truth. Um, I would love to see like a mystical room full of information that Laporta <laughs> claims he doesn't know about. Yeah. It'd be like fucking Narnia. But at the same time, I mean, welcome to 2021. Who turns up to dinner with a headload of documents and hands them over? You're just like, you're sitting at the dinner table, you're like, what, what do you want me to do with these folders? Like, thanks. <laughs> Presuming you put it down on the ground and didn't, didn't pick it up. I mean, like documents like that, I, they'd have to go through certified mail. Just, I just mean, get a register it. up here. Oh. Yeah, Laporte's out printing money. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to read that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's bloody it's crazy. Messy. All right. Uh, let's wind this up now and let's move on to some transfer news. Ooh, cha-ching. So, first one we've got, and we'll stay with Speaking Barcelona of being involved in this. Yeah, cha-ching. Money messy. Uh, he's signed for PSG. It's all official. It's all gone through. And uh, all we wanted to touch on really here is his interesting contract clause that he's, he's got in there. So, I don't know if you boys saw this. I haven't but, seen this, part. So, apparently, he's got a clause in his con- his contract. This is unconfirmed, so allegedly. Uh that states that the Argentina national team would be his priority when it comes to playing official matches and friendly games. And in addition to this, Argentina staff would have access to PSG facilities. Jobber, this sounds very much like your pod contract. <laughs> so, Shona, what, what, do, what do you think about this one? Well, I, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense, I think, for Messi, and that is obviously a power move um, on his behalf. But, like, why would the Argentina staff need that? Is that, is that like, injuries and stuff like that? They'd want to come over and work with, with Messi? Like, it, it just seems a, an odd thing. Um, but, yeah. I'm not I sure. Suppose just, I'd presume just a complete power move by, by Messi to um, leverage it in there. I did expect something to be unusual in there. I think you'd probably go back to Messi's contract at Barcelona. I bet there's some like weirder and more wonderful things going on in that space in, in his contract um, than than those type of things. So I'm probably yeah, not I mean, surprised when, by it. When you're at that level, you can basically just crowbar in whatever you want into your contract, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's with his ultimate goal of wanting to win the World Cup. So all those Argentina players that play in Europe can now access the best facilities in Europe and he gets to look like he's really doing something for the people, but really, again, he's ultimately self-interested. Yeah, he can save on those um, flights so he doesn't fly out anywhere. He just flies everyone to him. He's that big. Um, but let's let's talk about the number 30. What do we think? Give us a quick um, a thumbs up or thumbs down job on the number 30 for Messi. Are you having it or not? Yeah, th- a thumbs up. He'll score more than thumbs that. Up. Barney, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down. I thought he should have come in and just taken Neymar's number straight yeah. off him. Agreed. Power move. <laughs> um, so speaking of unusual numbers being taken by players, I'll just rattle off a, a starting 11 of unusual numbers. Ready for this? Buffon in goal, number 88. Whew. Galas, centre-back, 10. Marcel Desailly, centre-back, 8. Lizarazu, left-back, 69. Grow up job. <laughs> Right-back, Glenn Johnson, number Great 8. Gag. Centre midfield, I've got Edgar Davids with the number one, which he wore when he come played in England. Um, <laughs> Sidwell, he also played centre midfield, um, and he was a famous Chelsea number nine, of course. Uh, Ronaldinho <laughs> at um, AC Milan at, at 10, and he's wearing the famous number 80 shirt. Um, Henri, That's out right. on the left, he's got the number 12. Um, out on the right, I've got Zamorano. He wore one plus eight. So I don't know Wait, who's improving these numbers. Yeah, he actually, actually had a, a plus symbol in there. One plus oh, was eight. That, was and that then that an inter? I remember that. Yeah, because he wanted inter. to be nine, but the, um, Ronaldo was nine. So they wouldn't let him have it. So he got <laughs> one plus so eight. That's so petty. And then up front, oh. I mean, of course, I got the main man Bentner wearing the um, famous number three shirt. Number three. I thought he was like forty-five at one stage as well. Oh, that lizard Azu one got me. <laughs> there's some. There's some great plays in there, and there's some fucking howlers in there as well. Some <laughs> real getting number nine shirt. <laughs> I know. Is that at Chelsea as well? He got that. Yeah, he got Chelsea. That's yeah. unreal. All right, let's move on to a topic that's uh, close to my heart, and that is Harry Kane. Apparently, he's re-signing. Oh no, wait, he's moving. Hang on, he's re-signing again. No, hang on, he's moving. So every I can on the hour, every hour, there's a new story about Harry Kane and what he's doing, and it changes every time. So apparently, is his rumours he's open to re-signing again. Um, there's rumors that he's open to, uh, uh the city are going to put in a new bid. Then they're saying that Tottenham want more than 120 million bid. Then it's going to 150. No one can make their mind up. Jobber, what do you think is actually going to happen with this? 
I think he's going to go. Yeah, he, I feel uh, I feel that way. Gonna, City are just going to pay whatever they want. It's just Daniel Levy's going to get every single dollar out of him. And so he should. And should get some credit for it as well. Mm, mm. Um, so what I read about this barn was that uh, he obviously doesn't have the release clause in there like Jack did. Jack just had the uh, 100 million. So City no, he, he, and, he, he has a release clause. It's the gentleman's agreement. It's gentleman's agreement. <laughs> so I, he doesn't have it in there. Um, so essentially what he wanted to do or what his genius um, agent wanted to do, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Kane, come over and said, hey, let's go back to the negotiations. Um, Levy's like, yeah, great. We'll work on a new deal. They sent over the deal to Harry, but Harry wanted the deal to run the same amount of time that he's already got, but the dollars to be increased. And then they put in a release clause inside that. So, so it'd be like four more, four, a four-year contract probably would it be. Yeah, because he's got yeah. four years to run, right? So it'd yeah, be a four-year yeah. contract on improved money um, with a release clause in it. Harry would sign it and then City would come over <laughs> and go, hey, now we've got the money, now there's a release clause and trigger the thing. So that was um, Charlie's thinking. So I think that's why you'd hear this stuff um, getting floated yeah, in the right. media. But, I mean, it's just going to be difficult for Spurs to have someone wearing captain's armband, leading them out, knowing that he doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It would be it would be heartbreaking for as a Spurs fan to see that. But I still think at the end of the day, if he didn't get his move, he would it would still put in a shift, and he'd still probably bag. 20 goals for the season. I'm, I'm with you, Barn. I reckon if after a couple of weeks, all would be forgotten if he gets back scoring goals, doing all those good things he does. It'd be an uncomfortable month. But yeah, it would be a tough worse. month. And, yeah. it would get, it'd be, and yeah. I think it was like Modric was similar, I believe, but he really pushed hard to leave. He didn't get he didn't get the move, and then he actually put in one of his best seasons yet. And I think Tottenham would be a bigger club if they dug their heels in and did this. Like that would that would grow them and galvanize them for years to come. Uh, yeah, I think the a good option for Spurs, as you say, would be to hold off and, and keep Harry for um, at least for this transfer window. And in that time, um, say to Harry, look, just give us 12 months. And in that time, you can work on the signings and you can go and identify everything that you want. Then when, it, when the season's over, you let Harry go, um, you shake hands with Man City, you get the big check, and then you go and buy all those players that you that you need to need to buy. I think it just probably gives him twelve months of lead time and preparation time to to manage his, his exit because it is going to be a big hole. One because of the football, but two because you know he is essentially like the biggest character inside that that dressing room. So there's probably yeah, two 12, aspects. Twelve months to start a bidding war as well. Like yeah, get, get the most you possibly can for him. See if Barcelona can sort out their books. See if Real Madrid yeah. are interested. Get PSG. Like send him a note. Make it happen. Yeah, you got you got sorry, Bun. You got um you got Villa who like look how they sp- they're spending their hundred moon rather wisely. Do you know what I mean? You're going to have yes, you you lose Jack, um, but essentially Jack was injured for a lot of last season, and they're going to f- sign three or four players who you know probably aren't as good or nowhere near as talismatic as as Jack. But you know, the, I, overall, you'd have to say Villa's squad has improved, haven't you? Uh, definitely, yeah. And I think you you try and work on a system that doesn't so heavily rely on Harry One Kane person. as well, because yeah. he is he is like so ingrained in every doing everything like driving everything forward for Tottenham that you need to bring some other players in and get them more involved so that when he does leave, the system doesn't completely fall apart. Because if he leaves this year, it's going to be a big hole offensively for us. Depends on who we bring in potentially to replace him, but like. The longer it goes on, the less time you have to replace him anyway. So, yeah, I think, oh, okay. I think that. And and you've got to – I think what Villa did well as well is they got their signings in before they sold Grealish because a lot of the time you see clubs sell a big player and they go on the hunt for other players and then it, teams know they've got the cash and they're like, oh, yeah, just drive up the price because they can, they can pay it. So that was smart by Villa to do that. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to another big money move and we'll just jump quickly through this one and that's – Lukaku's at Chelsea. He's moved. It's confirmed. Uh, just shy of a hundred mil. Um, and Jekko's already in to replace him at Inter. Good move for Inter. What do we think? Oh, good move for Inter. It's it's a like for like. I mean, he's a poor man's Lukaku. Really, he's probably at the end of his career. But I think structurally they can play a similar style of football, like a hold up man, mm. traditional number nine. Um, target man. Whereas I think Lukaku going into Chelsea that'll change the way Chelsea play. So yeah, if if you want to keep that style, which they probably do, considering they won the league, um, yeah, I think it's a almost a like for like in, in some respects. It's a good budget option for them to replace him, I think for sure, and, and pocket the rest because um, Lord knows they need it. 
Oh, yeah, they're, they're struggling financially. All right, last one we got here. This is big for you guys, Sean O, and that's uh, Yannick Vestergaard. Seems like he's on his way to the Foxes for about 15 million pounds, which honestly is pretty good business, I'd say. Like, oh, considering yeah. he was being touted by a lot of clubs, so like up towards, like, even Tottenham were looking at him for like 30 mil. Get him in for 15, proven, proven uh, English uh, EPL centre back. What do you think, Sean? Good, good buy. Yeah, good, good signing. Obviously, bought in to um, replace for for Fana. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be missing for a while. So, yeah, Vestergaard's got a good chance to to play um, a, a whole bunch of games, really, and get himself um, sort of locked away in in the team. The other thing it does for Leicester, as I mentioned earlier, is it, it stops them having to play a four. And now they now they've got another centre back, then go back to a three. Once you've got three in there, we can bring in some of our, our more attacking players. Um, yeah, otherwise, sort of Ian Acho, Madison, Vardy, um, Tillemans, like one of those is sort of going to have to miss out, like if you change the structure and play two up top or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's good. It allows Leicester to play three at the back, and I agree, it's a snip at 15. Like, yeah, it's, hu- it's huge for you guys, I think, to be able to play three at the back because that's where you play your best football. So, yep. having that option is, is big for you guys. Yeah, the other thing is it puts a marker down about where Leicester's at too, where one of our players gets injured, so we just automatically go to a, a smaller, in quotes, um, Premier League team and just take their best centre-back. Do you know what I mean? I think for me as a Leicester fan, I feel as though that happens to us a lot where something had happened at you know, Man U yeah. or Chelsea or whatever. Oh, we've got left-back problem at Chelsea. That's right. We'll just go find the best left-back around, which happens to be Chilwell. Bang, take him. He's gone. And Leicester can't do anything about it. So I feel as though that, yeah, Leicester's putting that marker down at least to say, you know, we're in that top echelon where we can just go to you and just take your best centre-back just because we need him. I feel like Leicester are very much on the trajectory of, like, uh, where Tottenham were a few years ago before they got to the position they are now where they're, like, they've got a good coach in and they can, uh, they've got a good squad and they can build on that squad and they're consistently finishing high. And then if they continue on that way, they're going to become a consistent top six, top seven team, whatever we want to call it now. And they'll be consistently up there in the argument for top four, you know, maybe competing for a title and that. I think that's that's sort of how they want to build as well. They want to just pump a heap of money and they want to build yeah. from the ground up sort of thing, which is good. No, I, I agree. And I think the consistency, at least for um, off the field, is just so huge for a, cl- a club like Leicester. So when you're in the top six and you're in Europe or the um, at least the Europa League for Leicester all the time, you can go out and you can buy someone with a bit of confidence um, because you know you've got that revenue coming in. You know you're competing in Europe and stuff like that. If you went back mm, probably mm. a couple of years, especially when we won the title, like we were just thrust into the Champions League, do you know what I mean? So we're trying to bring someone in to play in the Champions League. Um, but then everyone kind of knew that we weren't going to be in there next year. Um, so it's hard to agree and and want to pay someone those wages when you know in 12 months' time we're not going to have those that type of revenue coming in. We're not going to be in the Champions League. So I think being in the Europa League all the time, being in the top six, having that consistency gives the board confidence to go out and say, yeah, we can afford him. We can spend 35 mil on this guy and pay him, you know, 150K a week um, because I know I'll have Europa League or Euro- at least European football um, next year. And critically, critically, Sean, he can start this week as well. That's huge. Come straight in for Fafana. Ready. Premier League made centre back straight in. Yeah. So I can batter those wolves, huh? Exactly. All righty. Let's move on to the newest segment on the pod. Uh, I've been demanding a new segment since Potchwatch has finished and the boys finally gave me one. Yeah, and it, uh, it is Barney's Bargain Bin. Barney, so this, gonna- is, this is historic too because this is the first time anyone on probation has ever demanded anything. Mm. Are you on probation still? <laughs> <laughs> Zing. All righty. So uh, I'm just going to chuck out a few players that you should be looking at or should have in your fantasy Premier League team. Um now, I just want to preface this with my best finish in Fantasy Premier League ever is 652,982. Is that all? Why, um, would you, why would you add that preface before giving advice? Because that's like adding an allegedly when you say anything, right? <laughs> it's, 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 like, like, <laughs> say, it's like saying I can't give financial advice because I'm poor. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> okay, it's, it's more my opinion then. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna, I've got a sort of a player from each position. Scrap goalkeeper, no one cares about that position. Uh, and I'm just going to start with the striker that everybody should be having in their team, and that is Ivan Tony. You got to get him in. He's six point five. Um, he's actually selected by about thirty point seven percent of teams at the moment. It's a very high pick percentage. 
Um, he's going to be the focal point for Brentford all year. He's, he bagged 31 goals last year in the championship, um, and he's physically ready for the Premier League. If you've seen him play, he's a he's a beast. Um, and like Brentford are a pretty positive team. They play good football, and I think they're going to have a good year because they actually they're coming in like Wolves were when they uh, they have like a bit of a plan. And they and they have an identity, whereas some teams are sort of yo-yoing up and down. I think these guys will be around for a few years. So Ivan Tony is my pick up front. Uh, then we're going to go to midfield, and I've got three options here, all from the same team. And I reckon you have any any one of the three, and you have a good time. And that is the Leeds midfield. Midfield. So lots of good cheap options here at the moment. So you're looking at uh, Harrison. Uh, he bagged eight goals and three assists last year. Pretty tidy from the midfield. He's uh, he's six. Um, Rafinha looking to have a breakout year this year. And I think he missed a few at the start because he was uh, injured or betting into the team. He's definitely part of that team now. And he's he bagged six goals, ten assists last season. I would expect him to increase that substantially. And he's only coming at six point five, so great value there. Um, also Dallas. Uh, another sort of s- sneak at the end there. He had uh, eight goals and three assists as well, I believe, at 5.5. I've got him in my team. Um, uh, but, you know, any three of those you will be pretty happy with. Jabba, you all got, you got some Barney, opinion on this. And Barney, those players, they lose points if Leeds concede. Is that correct? That is the rules? Yeah, one point off for it, but you get four points for a goal. So oh, that's, that's, that's the risk. That's why you're braver than me. Um, but if you look at the second half of the year last year, Leeds were much more assured in defence and yeah. much better, and conceded a lot less. And they're coming in with a team with hasn't got many new players to bet in. So I think I think they'll be even better this year. I'll get spanned on Saturday, but like you know, this is your opinion. So that's- Mate, I'm I'm long term, man. I, I'm oh, okay. not one of these short term FPL guys. So I'm long term. All right. Oh. And last one I've got is I reckon this guy's a banker, and that is Benny Creswell from the Hammers. So bagged 11 assists last year, and if you watch a, a Hammers game, he basically takes every set piece for them. So he is definitely on for a few assists. they still got big Antonio up front. He'll be nodding a few, some big center backs. Uh, I think he's going to be good for a lot of assists, and Hammers are pretty good at the back. They'll keep a few clean sheets and get those points there. So that's the wrap for the first segment of Barney's Bargain Bin. And what, do, what do we think? That's Aaron Creswell too, Benny being his nickname. Um, ah, there you so go. That's fine. Um, no, it looks funny. It's like Joshua Rice. Yeah, it is funny. Uh, like, I don't mind Tony, but I am a bit worried about Brentford's long-term status in the Premier League. If you come up and attack in the Premier League from the Championship, you are going straight back down. But you're right, he did bang home a shitload of goals last year. Uh, the Leeds midfield, I'm worried. Um, but I don't mind Creswell. I like, that. I like him or Luca Dean. Chris, yeah, you do, look you at do Dean. Creswell. Um, yeah, Barney, like an, an okay start. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure it's coming back next week. Um, and you're probably two <laughs> weeks off getting a, a sting. So, <laughs> getting yeah. a letter. <laughs> am I going to be red carded like Josh for next week? Am I? <laughs> no, no, no good. two weeks off a soundbite though. If it hangs uh, around, we yeah. don't, we don't right. talk about him anymore. <laughs> All right, let's get to what everyone's here for. Yeah, let's let's get to the biggest segment of the show, and that is the preview for the EPL. We're back, baby. <laughs> Round one. Uh, we're looking at the first game here. We're going straight into it. The Brentford Bees versus the Arsenal Gunners. Um, big first match on at 5 a.m. on Saturday. Personally, I think Brett Brentford could cause an upset here. Uh, I'll be very interested to see how Ben White fares in his first game because let's be honest, he's going to play every single game for Arsenal because they need him desperately. Sean, what are you what are you thinking for this game? How do you see it going? Oh, I mean, it's it's. Tough, isn't it? Like, I think I'd probably preface everything we're about to say inside this um, match day one, really, um, with, like, who knows how teams are settled, um, mm. especially as the, the transfer market's still open. Um, you've got different players from different clubs coming back at different times, depending on, on what their Euro campaign was or um, what they were doing in the Copper as well. So, yeah, it's probably going to be difficult to, to pick anything um, too strongly here. But, yeah, I probably – you've just got to lean towards Arsenal, really, Um initially um i am keen to see ben white play as well but for brentford i mean it's just about picking up points especially early if you can catch arsenal early um and get something out of them i think yeah you can really mount a a position to sort of stay in in the league and i think 
these big teams, you don't want to play them when they're on a roll. You want to try and catch them early. So, yeah, big opportunity for Brentford, but I think um, my head just says um, Arsenal probably just got too much experience, and um, but it will be absolutely buzzing down there, I think. Jobo, anything to add to that one, mate? Yeah, I'm excited to see Brentford's new centre-back, uh, Ayer, the Norwegian centre-back, come across from Celtic. He is an absolute colossus of a man. Um, so I'll be interested to see how he goes. Um, I actually don't mind Brentford in this one. I think I just Arsenal had a lot of lone players last year, like Ceballos, Odegaard, David Luiz is gone. Um, yeah, and like I just they haven't done enough in preseason to impress me. So I think I actually took Brentford win or draw in this one. Brentford have got a massive Ooh. squad coming into um, into this Premier League season as well. Huge, yeah, more more so than most other teams that have ever come up, really. It's so but, exciting because they are the, they are a bit of a wild card. Yeah, yeah. Anything could happen with them. All righty, let's move on to the next one, and this is a big, Ooh. big game. Nine thirty p.m. on a Saturday night for all you Australian fans. Uh, that's Man United versus Leeds, big derby game. Jabra, I'll throw to you straight away. What is your preview for this and what do you think is going to happen? What a way to start the season. Saturday night, 9.30 p.m., Manchester United and Leeds. Um, look, I am absolutely buzzing for this one. I think Manchester United have assembled a really good squad. Still got reservations over the quality of the manager, but our squad is definitely up there with the best two or three in the competition. Um, really excited to see Bruno Fernandes come back in. Obviously, he had a disappointing Euros. Jaden Sancho's 50-50. We won't see Rafael Varane this week, but I'm really interested to see. Um, no, Jaylings is out with COVID. Oh, so, what? Um, Ga- gang yeah. signs, gang signs, yeah, right, so audio listeners, that was. Don't worry about Jaylings. Um, <laughs> but again, like a lot of players coming in. Mason Greenwood has had the summer off as well, and he had a pretty good season last year. So it's just so exciting. I don't quite know how Manchester United are going to set up yet, but I'm really excited to see how we sort of get all those attacking players on the pitch. A lot of stuff I've been reading, Job, has spoken about how Manchester United might move from um, sort of the 4-2-3-1 style that they were doing to 4-3-3 to try and accommodate Sancho a little bit better. Um, Do you think the centre midfield players that they've got are good enough to do that? Can I I give you a weird... Anecdote here. I was actually in the shower this morning. No, I'm going to go for a segue and a long story. I was in the shower this morning and it just dawned on me. I was like, everyone knows Manchester United have a problem in defensive midfield. We've signed Varane, we've signed Sancho, and it's like everyone just forgot we had this problem that's been there for like two years that we still haven't balanced out. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Like that centre midfield, Donny van der Beek and Matic, uh, Matic played there in the preseason and they did quite well, but like that's not the answer. Potentially, Donny van der Beek's the answer. If you're looking to manage, and you've got big problems, like yeah. he, he, is, he is aged significantly in the past few years. And when I saw him play last year for United, he looked bad. So I would mm. be worried if that's United's solution to the problem. I think isn't that isn't that the United transfer policy though? Is that you just buy around your problem? You don't yeah, buy, buy you don't buy your problem. Buy expensively <laughs> and around the problem. Um, yeah. But no, look, I'm I'm really excited. I think Sean that. Tactical change potentially could happen, and hopefully you'll see Manchester United be more comfortable on the ball this year, like with the types of Sancho and Varane coming in. Um, but I, I just don't know. I'm just so excited to see. And Leeds United, not huge change there, but just one year more of the yeah. Bielsa philosophy. Marco re-signed for a year. Fantastic for us purists. Um, <laughs> and content I, for the pod as well. So content much. for the pod. And I think the good thing about this game is, like, you're going to see two teams who have had not, like, haven't had a very long sort of preseason. So you're still going to get that like attacking football, but with the fatigue, raw. Yeah. Yeah, raw yeah. fatigue yeah. early on. This game, honestly, this game I think could have. I'm going to put my neck out and say like five or six goals in it. Yeah, no, I, I probably agree with that. I think it's going to be an open game. Um, one because that's how Manchester United play, and two that's because um, how Leeds play. I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds would be fitter than Manchester United and probably potentially run over them or at least get hold of the game later on, um, just because of. We all know of Bielsa's um, fitness regime with his players. So, yeah, probably keep an eye out for that later in the game. Leads to, to come home a little bit stronger. But, yeah, I think, as you say, I think that's a big problem for Manchester United um, and, and how they're going to set up. I think if they do go to that 4-3-3, you really need to work out what you're going to do at the base of that midfield. I mean, the players we mentioned, Fred, McTominay, uh, who else did we say? Matic Donny. and Donny. Yeah, I'm not sure they're cutting it or even playing two of them together is, is cutting it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, just on Leeds, I think Leeds seem to be polarizing a lot of people at the moment. A lot of them, um, a lot of people have them sort of pushing on and going into that sort of top eight, top six type 
conversation. Um, and then a lot of people have them saying, well, is this the Marco, um, you know, two-year syndrome where, you know, all the players are fatigued um, and he's worked them too hard, which to be honest, I thought would have happened to the end of last year. And to be fair, their results slid slightly um, and we got a little indication of that. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are on the fence about Leeds, so they're going sort of either way. Um, and also, Bielsa's is on that special um, deal that I proposed for Oli Gouda Solskjaer, where um, he just signs a one-year deal, roll, roll to roll. So, yeah, I like that Marco, um, he does it for very different reasons than Oli. And last thing on this one is Leeds have brought in Junior, junior Firpo from Barcelona. Quite exciting youngster. So I'm also very excited to see how he goes um, and fits into this lead system, which is just fantastic to watch. So this is this is my game of the weekend by far. Yeah. Did you see his comment on uh, what his first two weeks at Leeds have been like? Like way more video sessions. And he tactics. said, it, he said I've watched more videos about myself in the first two weeks of being here than I did at my whole career at Barcelona. And he was like, he's like, at Barcelona, they sort of like, you know, coach you a bit and, and sort of give you some guidance. He's like, but here they tell you exactly how you need to play, like minute to minute. He's like, it's so, so in-depth and so yeah. intense. Marco Bielsa locked himself in a hotel room once after losing the cup final to watch videos of the game over and over. And you know it was on VHS. Oh, yeah. Was it on DVD or anything, anything oh, more boys, futuristic Give me, give me a tip for this one. Just a quick one. I, th- I, I think, think goals. Sorry, Bun. I think goals and I think Manchester United. I also think goals. I think it's either it's best result for Leeds is going to be like a score draw, like three or something. But I still think me United will probably have to stick over him and get the win. Goals and United for me, boys. Let's yeah. move on. That's the one thing we know is again there's going to be goals. All right, moving on to a bit more of a cagey affair, and that could be Leicester and Wolves. So this is a quite a tasty little little game for the start of the season. Uh, Bruno Large the new Wolves coach. It'll be good to see how he fares in this team. I think he's a bit more of an attacking uh, orientated coach than what uh, Nuno was. So it'll be interesting to see how Wolves um, come out. I think Raul Jimenez, he's been playing a few preseason games and he's been getting on the ball a lot. And so we should possibly see him back in, which is great after his very severe head injury last year. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, Vestergaard could be straight in here and I imagine he probably would be. Sean, I'll throw to you. How do you see this game playing out? I think Leicester will get hold of Wolves here. Um, I think Leicester are primed for um, a, a good start to the season. And, yeah, I think some of the signings that they've made um, have been really interesting and, and positive steps forward for, for Brendy. Brendy's got a couple of selection um, problems, I think. What, what's it, is, what does he do with Vestergaard? As you say, does he bring him straight in? Ryan Bertrand, same. Does he bring him sort of straight in? Does he go with the four at the back? Does he go with the three at the back? And then up top as well, like um, Vardy, Inacho, and um, Daka. So, yeah, I think yeah he's got a lot of selection problems to, to sort through here, Brendy. But so no, it's a nice change of pace for Brendy, though, right? Usually he's like, "Fuck, I got no one to pick," and now yeah. he's like, "Oh, I've got problems. I have got so many good players. I need to fit into this squad." Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think the selection hasn't really been a problem for Brendy because he's sort of looking at his squad, going, "Oh." These are the eleven fit players this week. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the team. And then next week, same thing. He's got like two two guys out with whatever. I got um, Johnny Evans on one string. Yeah, awesome. and he's like, okay. Well, the, you know, I mean, the team sort of picked itself for a long time last year. So now he's got some yeah. genuine, genuine headaches and genuine decisions to make. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does. And I just think Leicester will be too bright and too bubbly um, for Wolves. And I think this is probably for me. I don't know. I don't feel biased, but I, I feel as though this is the most obvious. Um, game to pick this week? Well, I don't know if I feel the same way. I think Leicester will get up. I think it's 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 it has a potential to be a little bit of a blowout because it's a it's a, a system that has played the same way for a while in Leicester, going against a team with a new coach, new system. That's key. And yeah. they've uh, I think they've lost a couple of players. So they've only they've lost Patricio and a couple of nobodies, but they've brought in Trinkau from Barcelona on loan, who's a yeah. really exciting prospect. He'll play on the right, cut in on his left peg. That'd be really good to see. But they haven't lost. Patricio could be a bigger loss than what we think, though, because that leadership from the back, you know, like in directing that back line. The only thing I would say on Vestergaard, Sean, is I think Southampton played a back three a fair bit last season, or they did play it every now and then. So, like, he wouldn't be so. uh, He wouldn't wouldn't be so foreign to him a back three. So, he could slot in straight away, I think. Hmm. But yeah, I I see Leicester getting, getting up for this one, for sure. It's interesting because I think Wolves are going to sit very deep if any if history is anything to go by, but I just say new gaffer and just to see how Jamie Vardy can react to that. But absolutely buzzing. This is again, this is a cracking game. 
Shorto, what do you got? Um, yeah, well, one final thing on this. I think um, I would think that there'd be goals in this, um, and I'm probably leaning towards Leicester, but I've just gone back and checked the last couple of results. So of the last four games, there's only been one goal between these teams. Doesn't so surprise me. History suggests that it'll be um, nice and tight, but I think I'm leaning towards um, Leicester really opening up Wolves. All right, I got nil all. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. All right. Let's move on to the next game we're looking at here, and that is Chelsea oh. Crystal Palace. The weird shed. We've got Tooks going up against Vieira uh, at 12 midnight on uh, Sunday, Saturday, or Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, my only question here to start off with is, do Crystal Palace have 11 players to field? <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure they do. This is the start of the car crash. Um, I've tipped Vieira <laughs> to get the um, Spanish Archer, and um, yeah, I think this will be the first step. Uh, yeah, I think Chelsea will, will, will batter them, really. Is there too much else to say, apart from um, what tracksuit does Tommy Tooks go with this week? No, but does Lukaku start? Too soon. Yeah, I don't too think soon. he comes in. I don't, I, think think you need, I don't think you need to throw him in the deep end straight away, right? It should be a pretty straightforward <laughs> win for them. Like with the resources they have, they shouldn't need to throw Lukaku in straight away. All right, so boys, I'm going to throw, him, throw myself out in a limb here, and you know I think Vieira is going to be sacked soon. I'm saying Chelsea by more than four, oh. and Lukaku to come off the bench and score. No, I don't think he makes the bench. I think he makes the bench, and he's I think, going to I think, come I think on. Lukaku to come on and score is a good one. Don't know by four though. You reckon more? <laughs> yeah, put it down for six. No, no, Jeez. I don't. I don't. I, I can't see Lukaku. Uh, sorry, I can't see Chelsea scoring more than four. But I think it will be a pretty straightforward win for them. They'll they're going to they're going to get a hold of him. They're going to get a hold of him. So we all thinking Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, let's move on and let's get quickly past this one. Watford versus Aston Villa. <laughs> sorry what? to all you Villa fans out there, but um, yeah, what do we think about this game? Should be exciting to see some new Villa signings, I think. But and see how Watford fare with their their coach who I looked up recently. Their coach, uh, I can't remember his name. It's like uh, it starts with X. His name does. It's like uh, Zuzo or something. Uh, that's my Spanish coming out. Just in case anyone's wondering, um, he had previously only coached in the Georgian first division, I think, and he only coached eight games and then went straight into a job at Watford. So that's obviously jobs for the boys. Um, <laughs> I see him get. I see him winning the sack race out of all the coaches. Really? Um, but what do we think for this game? I don't know. I think despite all of um, Watford's good signings, Danny Rose, um, I think they might be in trouble this year. <laughs> and um, oh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Villa well, okay. will, be, will be too much. I think, yeah, it'll be like Villa will be see. It'll be interesting to see how Villa react after taking Jack out of the team. Obviously, it's only one player, but I mean, he was bigger than, than just one player. He's big personality and he was a talisman and everything sort of came through him. So it'll be interesting to see how Villa... Uh, especially with their new signings, sort of approach their attacking play. I think Jack sort of got him out of a lot of trouble, did a lot of dribbling, created a lot of things. Uh, what created the most chances in the league was um, most fouled in the league. So it would be interesting to see how they sort of play forward, not essentially out of the back, but, yeah, how they link up from the midfield to the to the front third. I think they, they've got other options for that. And I think that'll help Villa, right, because – Previously, um, you, you knew what was coming. You knew they were going to flick it out to Jack to see if he could create something. So I think, yeah, Villa might um, cause a little bit more damage here and I fear for Watford a little bit. Barney, quick question from me to you. Between Thomas Tuchel, be good. Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp and Rafa Benitez, how many Georgian Premier Leagues have they won between them? <laughs> Uh, Zeho, I think, I think it's yeah, pronounced. Zero. Yeah. Zisco, he's got two. So maybe just strap yourself in there. I think what Yeah, but is that, that's, a, that's, his, that's his player, right? That's not his, that's not his coach. Are you, no, are as you, Gaffer. As Gaffer. He had, you he had a coach him for eight games. Are you teeing him up mm. for his first press conference job where he's like, for me, two. The rest of the league, <laughs> none. Yeah. No. Um, Respect. No, so look, I, Respect. I, Respect. I, I genuinely have been looking back and I don't know how Watford got promoted, um, but they did it quite well. And I'm like, oh, they're going straight down. Um, oh. and yeah, I, th- I, I, I think so as well. I've got them banking yeah, Villa, for relegation. I, I think Villa's going to be good this week and they will um, do a job on them pretty comfortably. Yeah, the only excitement I see coming out of Watford is uh, Ismail Asar, who I've actually got in my fantasy Premier League team. Another tip. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, apart from him, I, I mean, they still got Troy Deeney plugging in up front. I'm pretty sure. So, oh, I didn't know that. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's got massive cojones. Alrighty, let's move on to this next one, and that is Everton versus Southampton. 
Rafa's return to the EPL. He's back and he wants blood. And personally, I can see him taking it from Southampton. They look, especially after getting rid of Vestergaard, they look ready to go down. Jobba, you think you feel the same way? I absolutely feel the same way about Southampton. The yeah. other thing that I wanted to make um, a point of in the first week is that Rafa Benitez is really good at stopping sides from conceding goals. Evidence's biggest problem last year was conceding shit goals. Mm. So I think we're going to see early, like Everton aren't going to concede many goals anymore. And then you've got a big striker up top, Calvert-Lewin, who can put the ball in the back of the net. I feel like they have the most simplistic problems to solve with the solutions already there. Like, I think they'll be the big improver this season. And I think Southampton are going to drop off the side of a cliff. You, when you look at the people that left Southampton, Ings, gone. Um, Bertrand, gone. And Vestergaard now, gone. So And maybe Wards-Prowse this week. Yeah, oh. I see a few teams are lining here up. If they lose Wars Prout, there is no way they're staying up. Yeah, that's... And they've just basically... Hassan Udo, I'd be like looking for my next job as well because he's not staying. But at um, at Everton, there's some very um, uh, Benitez players already there. Look at um, Michael Keane, Allen, Andre Gomez, and um, Dominic Calvin-Lewin as well. So you think like, as you say, Job, he's, he's very pragmatic about his football. Um, so I think if you're an Everton fan, I wouldn't be getting too excited about the football, especially initially um, coming out of coming out of Everton. But get excited about the outcomes because I think I think they're going to exactly. jump up. Yeah, I agree. And Damari Gray for 1.6 million from Bayer Leverkusen, I think is an absolute steal. Wait, who? Wait, Damari Gray went to Bayer Leverkusen or they no, went to Everton from Bayer Leverkusen for 1.6 mil. He was at oh, that's from Leicester. From Le- I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Andre Gray from no, from Leicester. Yeah, one point yeah, six mil. That, that is steal. an absolute bargain because he went he went there for fairly cheap, I think, as well. But yeah, yep. that's crazy. That is a good good get. All right, let's move on to the next game: Burnley Brighton again at midnight on Saturday. Uh, Job is throwing up his gang signs, and that's the <laughs> nil all gang signs. You feel the same way, Shawno? Yeah, well, like. I mean, both these teams haven't done a lot inside the the transfer window, so I think you're probably going to be seeing more of the same between these two. I think if you offered both teams um, survival at this stage, I think they they probably take it. So yeah, I don't expect big things for either of these teams um, coming into the season. As I said, not a lot of business done in the window, and I think like Brighton are going to play some more open football than, than Burnley will. Um, this game's um, Burnley's at home, so I'm probably just going to lean towards Burnley. Yeah, I, I would feel the same way. I feel like it's going to be nil all or Burnley eking out a win here just slightly. Jabba, what do you think? I think nil all. I think Burnley have had a horrendous transfer market. They've got Nathan Collins in from Stoke and Wayne Hennessy from Crystal Palace on a free. So it's, I, literally, I, it's literally every every Burnley winner. So you're going to hear Sean Dyche complaining in about two weeks about how he gets no signings. Yeah, I fear for them this year. Yeah, same, yeah, same as Brighton. Like Brighton haven't really done anything either. Both these they lost their best centre back. Where's then, that Ben yeah. White money? Well, trying to pay off the Amex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, they bought the stadium on a terrible interest rate. That's, that's <laughs> a double entendre you can use later. If you want. <laughs> like a reverse Kepper. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, next one we got here is Liverpool v Norwich, 2.30 a.m. on the Sunday morning. Great time to get up and watch Norwich get battered. Oh, come on, mate. So we've got Norwich coming up again straight back after they went down. Um, they got, still got Daniel Fark in as the coach. Sorry, that's Fark A. Eh? Excuse my language. Um, Beep that and out later. Liverpool got a bunch, a, a bunch of... Uh, Defenders coming up, more likely centre backs actually coming back in the team, but minus Andy Robertson. How do we see this one playing out? I see Liverpool filling their boots in this game. Jabba, what do you reckon? I actually have uh, the same thinking, Barney, but I just want to read this out to you. So Liverpool are unbeaten in their last 14 Premier League games against yeah. Norwich, 12 wins and two draws, netting 44 goals across those <laughs> matches. In their 18 Premier League meetings with Norwich, Liverpool have scored 50 goals. Can um, I can I can, can we just get a, a record as well on how many of those goals are scored by Luis Suarez? Because I think Norwich was his team he scored the most against, yeah, and he ever bagged a hat trick every game. I, I just had a quick look at the form as well. the The last five games Norwich played in the Premier League, five losses. The last five games Liverpool played in the Premier League, five wins. So if there's ever a clear indication of form or history, um, this would be it. But yeah, Liverpool. I think they've probably got 
it's a challenge for the title. They've probably got some business to do in the transfer windows still. I mean, what do you get if you're Liverpool? You probably get a striker, so you can approach the approach the play um, a little bit different rather than playing sort of with those false names or, or what Firmino does. He drops in and links up the play. Um, and probably a, a centre midfielder as well. They're probably a couple of um, spots you, you're looking for if you're a Liverpool fan for them to take on the next step and, and go and challenge the title. So I see them going close. I don't really see them winning anything um, big this season, but they'll definitely have enough to win this game. So I think Liverpool's start is critical. Um, so I think they're going to come out and absolutely hammer Norwich this week because this is an African Cup of Nations year. So that means oh, in the month of January, yeah. they will be without uh, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah for probably about five games. So that is absolutely critical. Um, it always, it always aligns with when there's real heavy uh, yeah. fixture period, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so, terrible. Yeah, so winning these early games is so important for Liverpool while they've got their best team out there. Um, I think Van Dijk's going to be a bit cagey to start, but like Norwich is a good one to come back to. I think they're going to absolutely hammer them and they'll be first or second by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I, I think it's it's got a hammering written all over it. All righty, let's move on to Newcastle versus the Hammers, 11 p.m., Tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. That's the way I like it. Big Stevie Bruce is still in charge. He's driving the Newcastle train forward. Could they do a, a similar to what they did last year, start terribly and then finish well? They've got Joe Willock in, 20 mil. I think it's a, it's all confirmed and done. So that's huge for them scoring late goals. Um, outside of that, West Ham have lost gang signs Lingard which is massive for them. Jailings, baby. Sure, sure knows, so disappointed he can't throw up the gang signs more often. Um, but, yeah, I, I, how do we see this one going? I mean, for me, I feel West Ham should be able to get over the line with this, but it's also Newcastle at home with fans. You never know. It could be a win for them. Yeah, I, I think this is an interesting one. I think one thing that hurt Brucey Boy last year um, were, was injuries. So, St. Massima, he missed a bunch of games. Uh, Wilson missed a bunch of games and Dwight Gale as well. So, yeah, I think having those guys back and, and fit um, will do them the world of good. And so I think if you're comparing sort of the Newcastle of last season, I think if they can get a clean injury run, I, I think they could um, yeah, do a lot better than what they, they did last year. I think with Brucey at the helm, you, they're always going to play like pragmatic football. Um, in this one, oh, I mean, I'm probably gonna, just going to go for a draw because I'm a coward. Yeah, massively. Um, so I think it's important <laughs> to understand too that Newcastle did have a pretty horrible run last year with COVID as well. Like, so Maximum was out for That's ages. Right. Like, so it was a really tough year for them. So to stay up was a pretty big achievement. Um, not sure how I feel about Brucey as a gaffer, but I'm actually going to dovetail nicely into an email we got this week about West Ham. So uh, Mikel Antonio is their key striker. Oh, They've got Ben Rama as well. I fucking love Antonio. But one thing he is not is fit. And he's always pulling out of games late. Do you think that's going to impact West Ham's like top six ambitions this year massively? They don't have another striker and you can't really rely on him. Yeah, well, you, you definitely can't rely on him. He's in and out of the team all the time. However, when he's fit and in the team, like he's almost unplayable. I've watched games mm. last year where he yeah. just really dominated centre-backs and, and threw them around, scored some goals, can get his head on on some stuff. He's powerful, pacey. So, yeah, I think getting him fit will be um, key for them. But the other thing that's probably not made enough um, noise really for me is um, West Ham missing Lingard. So when he came in to um, West Ham, yeah, it was kind of like a at that point a, a Manchester United reject to, to some extent or that's how people were holding him out to be. But, I mean, he really turned his own career around and he turned around the season of uh, of West Ham there and did really well for Moises. So, yeah, I think that that might affect them. But, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously too early to see um, how far they go. I think maybe they've seen a lot more from of what they want from Benarama because he came in from Brentford actually the year before and he sort of had his season last year betting in, understanding the team and I guess getting used to the Premier League as well. Now they might be much happier with where he's at and he, I think he, I could see him slotting into that Javelings role very well. Yeah, and but, I think I agree with you there, Barn. And one last thing, Sean, before we talk is it was massive for them to hold on to Declan Rice. That was huge, yeah. 
Yeah, well, there's no need for me to talk now because that was my point. Yeah, I, I'm, but aren't, aren't you, is everyone surprised that we didn't hear? Like, I mean, going into the Euros, um, there was a lot made of, of Deck and how important he was for England. But I'm surprised that more noise hasn't been made or at least rumours or whatever. Not that a transfer didn't um, come to fruition. But, I mean, um, yeah, at least more noise because you look at the big clubs, all, essentially all of them need someone like Deck, don't they? I, like it, Manchester oh, United screaming well, for yeah, him. I was, I was about to oh, say, what it. team? We're all going to say the same thing. What <laughs> team needs him more than you? United. Yeah. It would be so good for that team. It's exactly right. what they need, isn't it? They need they need someone to pivot <laughs> off the <laughs> back is... four. If you're playing a 4-3-3, three, three, you're going to play him in the middle and you're going to play through him. That's essentially a what he does. A selfless defensive midfielder. That team is screaming out for it and they're, they're like, oh, we'll get Varane, we'll get Sancho. Drive 200 kilometres down the road and take Declan Rice, for God's sake. He's and perfect. He's, and he's English, so he gets the English quota up. That's perfect. He, he's just he's just such a selfless footballer. He is absolutely perfect for that team. And I I I could we could spend the whole podcast on this. We we could. And I think he would have a similar impact to what Carrick had on Manchester United, where there was just so like the stars are just so stacked around. You need someone to just go, Well, I'm I'm fine with not being a star. Let me sit here, I'll do my role, I'll recycle the ball, I'll tick play over. I'll, I'll dictate the pace of play that we play at. I'll speed things up when we need to, and I'll slow things down when we need to. Um, yeah, and I think you really could get him from a snip, couldn't you, from West Ham? For the for the value you would get over the years, like you'd sign him for 80 mil, sign him to a six-year deal, honestly, he's paying for himself. Oh, I, agree. I I'm going to throw my neck out nodding accordingly here, so let's move on. Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's, let's move on to potentially the game of the round. Last game of the round, Tottenham v Man City, 1.30 a.m. on a Monday morning. I'm going to love getting up for that one. Uh, so, I mean, this is really the Hurricane Derby now, isn't it? Is that what we're calling officially the Hurricane I think, Derby? I think, I think what happens is... Not the Carl Walker Derby anymore. No, 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 because what happens is whoever wins this game gets Harry Kane. It's basically, basically <laughs> Levy's putting him up for pink slips. Yes. So, so <laughs> whoever wins the game gets Harry Kane for free. That's that's the deal. It's a messy-ass deal, this one. But, um, yeah, look, it's there's been a lot of players cycled through the Tottenham squad in preseason. Um, City have got an abundance of wealth. Will we be seeing Jack Grealish start, you think? He came off the bench for the, the charity shield. No, I don't think you Jack see Jack start. And to be honest, I don't think you'll see Jack start a lot um, for Man City this season. Um I just think he'll take a while to work out what Pep actually wants and, and Pep will sort of drill that into him. And obviously the competition for spots is just absolutely savage in that in mm-hmm. that spot for Man City. Um, I suppose, what are we thinking? Do we think Harry Kane will start for Spurs or is he going to not? He's ta- available to pick. Yeah, I, I agree with Job. I don't see him getting picked. I, 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 think I see him on the, on, on the bench, I feel maybe, but I don't I don't see him starting just because it's he hasn't played. He hasn't like been like training at all with the team. He's been training by himself mm. in isolation because of uh, COVID restrictions. Coming back from Miami, and yeah, it just it would seem it would seem weird putting him just throwing him in for the sake of having him. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does play, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't either. It's it's one of those weird ones, but I think that'll be a really good indication. I think if you see Harry Kane not playing this game and not on the bench. I think you can pretty much read the tea leaves there and work out that yeah he, he needs to he needs to go at that point. Having said that, if he's wearing the captain's armband, he walks Tottenham out. Um, I think you're a Spurs fan. You're probably thinking, yeah, he, he's here now because good signs. It's like the the decision time that is he going to stay? Is he going to go? It's over now. Like we're here. The season's here. You're playing against Man City now, and um, I can't see Man City tolerating um, letting Harry Kane play. Harry Kane scores a double. Uh, Tottenham win 2-1 and then we go down further down the league and Man City pip um, Chelsea to win the league by um, – oh, sorry, Chelsea pip Man City to win the league by point and Harry Kane's cost him in round one by by <laughs> playing there. Now he's in, in a uh, Man City shirt. So I don't I know. Would, what do you think? I would love to see Harry Kane walk out in that armband and really – oh, So would I. I. Honestly, I would absolutely <laughs> so would I. love that. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to feature at all and I think he'll be on the way to City by Monday. I think City are going to do this quite comfortably. Um, my biggest issue with Tottenham is how much they dilly-dallied in the preseason around getting a manager. They've put Nuno on the back foot against all the other managers in the competition straight away. Doesn't know what his best team is. Like the signings they've made are confusing and weird. Plus this Harry Kane saga, like I think they could go out and really get hurt here. Yep, Man City for me too. Yeah, I I probably think Man City are gonna win this. Uh, 
but you never know with Tottenham. I mean, it's so un- unsure with like the team and the coach, the system coming in, how it's going to work, and even like what t- players are going to start. I'm very excited to see uh, potentially a lot more of Deli Alley this season. Mm. He's been playing a heap in preseason. Um, he seems like he might be a bit more important in this this system for uh, Nuno. And I mean, this thing of the memories back when he like the first two seasons or three seasons he had at Tottenham, there were some unbelievable yeah, goals and games he was involved yeah. in. But um, yeah, I'd be excited to see him come back into the fold. Uh, I don't know if any of the new Tottenham signings are going to feature. Um, I mean, Galini's a backup. Uh, Gill's only just come into training. Uh, who else have we signed? Gill has a bad haircut too, just saying. So you know. mm, yeah. Stop it. Stop. A, but you know what that reminds me of? A, a player who's just there to get the job done, do football, right? Yeah. He's, not a, he's not about the haircuts. He's not about that. He's about doing football. Man. Or yeah. a Spanish One Direction member. No, nah, One Direction members in Spain look a lot better than that. See. See, see. All right. All right, boys, all right, boys I'm going to grab this one here. So, Sean, um, I'm quite the historic um, person. So, look, we're going to lead into Throwback FC now. Are you ready? <laughs> I tell you, get producer Pete to shorten that sting up, can we? Goosebumps. Uh, I can lengthen it. Goosebumps. Lengthen it. <laughs> it's not long enough. Um, <laughs> all right, boys. So I had a clever little idea today. So I thought we've got a massive fixture, Tot- Tottenham versus City this week. I'm going to cast your mind back to 2013. So this is post-oil money. We're five years in. City have spent $50 billion by this point. It's the 24th of November, 2013. Manchester City are facing off against Tottenham. And we have Manchester City 6, Tottenham nil. So this is just a regular season fixture, but a historic Ooh, result. So who's playing in 2013 for Manchester City and Tottenham? It was 3-0 at half time, Barney. Okay, so Sean, I'm pretty sure this is AVB in charge. I'm pretty sure this is AVB time. Okay, 2013. Um, so that means post-bail. That means. Oh, okay. That's a problem because okay. uh, I had bail in there. Um, so uh, <laughs> Lloris was there then, right? Yeah, Larice huh? is there, hundred percent. Uh was he? But there was a season where he, like, Friedel started over Larice. But he'll be on the bench, so that'll be in. That'll be a. That'll be a, okay. Probably, probably. Right, job. We'll yeah. go Larice. Lock it in, Hugo Larice. Yeah. yeah, great start. Conceded uh, six uh, that day. <laughs> so <laughs> like all good keepers. Um, <laughs> so at centre back, we got Vertonghen, don't we? Bar? Yeah, Vertonghen would be there. Yep, we'll take Vertonghen job. Vertonghen would be there. Uh, that is incorrect, my friend. On friends. the bench? No, he is not. Really? Yeah, I'm dying to yell out who it is, but I can't. It's, it's got to be Dawson. It's got to be Dawson or is Ledley still playing then? Surely not. Nah, not 23. Dawson, Ledley or Kabul. Um, William Gallas. Nah, he would have been gone by that stage, I think. He's gone. Walker. Full backs. Full backs. We got Walker there. He played job. Walker be one. Yeah, Walker be one. What team? <laughs> <laughs> Spurs, mate. Whoever's offering more money. Yeah, he's up there for Spurs. Good lads, like that. Um, Asuakota on the left. That's good, isn't it? Shit. I'm not sure. Or D Rose, baby. D Rose really came to fruition though with Pochettino. He was really left out under um, previous managers. Akota then job. Asuakota. Yeah. So incorrect. What? But good news is Vertonghen did play. Yeah, so you get one, you lose oh, one. Oh, got so. yeah, Vertonghen. Okay. Yeah, I knew Vertonghen played. Yeah. Wait, so, so how, played. How, how did you stuff that one up? Uh, I just can't read. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've only got one wrong, and we've got four right. Three, three, three right. right. Three Loris, right. Walker, Vertonghen. So you can't um, read. Jabba, Sean, I can't count. That's good. Yep. All right. What What about uh, in the midfield? Midfielders. We go Scotty Parker. <sighs> that is a good shout. I think Scotty Parker. Uh, incorrect. Oh fuck! Fuck! <laughs> Do you want to go to the Man City team? Might be easier because I'm just I'm I've got so many Tottenham players in my head that I just don't think. Go on, go Man I'll City. Give a, I'll give you a hint, Barney. <laughs> None of them are any good. Um. All right. If we go, so Vincent Company, he has to be there, doesn't he? 2013. Vincent, yeah. Vincent Company. Yeah, he was there for like did 10 not years. feature. What? He was on the bench. What? Though. No. This is the problem when you give us a league game and not a bloody final or anything. You got <laughs> random restings. And we just got, but he's lost. on the bench job. Is he on the bench? He's not. He's not on the squad. What? He was this there for the like pro- ten years. How is that not possible? 
Aiden Jacko would have been up front for I sure. I looked at this team sheet and I was like, there's absolutely no chance he's going to win this one. So are we go on Jacko then, Bar? No, we're out. We've lost. We've, done. We've, You're already we've, out. We've lost. We've got right, go, read, read me. Read, start start <laughs> with the Spurs team. Yeah, start, start with, with the Spurs team. I'm interested. So got in Hugo Lloris in goals. Kyle Walker. Michael Dawson. I said yeah, Dawson, Barn. Yeah. Eunice yeah, no, Kabul. I, I, oh, I said Kabul as well. Yeah. Vertonghen. Graham is Cordero. Oh, so v- Vertonghen started at left back. Left back. Did, yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. well, yeah. um, so Paulinho. Sorry who, sorry, who was that last one? Guimera is Cordero. No. I don't a, even know who that is. That's not um, even a player. How do you spell so, that? Uh, that's Tom. Barnes, Paulinho. <laughs> Paulinho. Aaron yeah. Lennon. Lewis Holtby, Fulham legend. Holtby, fuck. Eric, no, Eric Lamella and Roberto Soldado. Oh, oh yuck for them. They're Manchester City, so I just want to catch your mind back as to how, like, they were really a team in, in flux. So you got Costel Pantillamon in goals, Zabaleta, Demichelis, Natasic, Clichy, Navas, Fernandinho, Yaya Torre, Nazari, Aguero, Negredo. That back line Oh, Negredo was good. I liked Negredo. Yeah, you should have went. You should have went City. You could have named like those yeah. front five. Like, Negredo was like true. a Spanish Giroud. I find like yeah. a big, big guy with flair. The the front half of that team is very good. The back half is terrible. Oh yeah. Can, okay. Can we not do random league games then? Because they're rest players like company all mm. the time. Yeah. So you 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 start a game. You write the rules. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> a comprehensive victory for me today over a supposed Spurs fan and a former Manchester City fan too, Sean. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm not a fan of a lot of those players um, in Spurs. So 3-1 so. job you're winning at this stage, yeah. Throwback uh, that FC. is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So great result for me and fast. All right. So we're going to move Whip us onto the multi, my, yeah. Yeah, cash money. Here we go. So I've reached out to our uh, Nostradamus of the pod. So we got an email like 18 months ago, Sean. I'm not sure if you remember saying, is this the year that Celtic get pipped? And we both said no. Mm. One man was brave enough to say yes. So he I was. Reached out to him. I reached out to him this week and I said, look, we're struggling. We need some cash so that Barney can get some posture support. And he came <laughs> so back nothing, to me. No, no, nothing will help this back. And, and he said to me, he goes, get this into your wallets. So Ooh. he said, first leg. <laughs> so I like the confidence. First leg, Manchester United to beat Leeds United with two and a half goals in the game. Tick. Yeah, I like that. Next. Chelsea to beat Palace. Conservative. Love that. Tick. Mm-hmm. Bank, bank out that one. Yeah. Leicester Get... City to beat Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh, easy money. Tick. Probably a banker. Brentford draw or win. Oh, oh that's, that's the one. Yeah, that's a banker, I reckon. There's some kahunas in there. And the last one is both teams to score, Aston Villa and Watford. That's all. Just both teams to score. Okay. See, I'm worried about that one because I feel like Aston Villa had a lot of like nil or one nils last year. Mm, Jack Rillish is gone, mate. Those days are over. I think I think the fatigue Bottom will on. open up a few of these games, and I think you'll see probably more goals in this earlier round than we otherwise would. Job, if I put ten dollar dues down, how much do I get back for that? You will get one hundred and fifty-seven dollars and sixty cents back. Okay. Into Oof. the kitty. Yeah, I know. So we're talking some serious, serious pesos here, Barney. Barn, fire but, up the Bets with Friends account for us and put us put that bets on for with friends. us. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it on. I'll get All it right, on. So I've already told you there was an email earlier, but if you want to get in touch with the show, reach out at footballplaytonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook football on paper, Insta at football on pods, Twitter at football on pods. Boys, I am buzzing for this weekend. Keen, oh. cannot wait. Come on, the foxes. Go on, United. Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one.